Happy Tuesday, everyone. I'm your host, Jasmine Patterson, and you're listening to The Beyond Ordinary Show, your weekly companion to living a beyond ordinary life. The Beyond Ordinary Show is sponsored by Ellie Nelly. Make sure to visit EllieNelly.com. That's E-L-I-N-E-L-L-Y.com to help me, your host, keep this show rolling. Now, let's jump right into it. Last week on The Beyond Ordinary Show, I worked with Casey, my fiance, and a behavioral health nurse to talk about what it means to identify our emotions. Just in case you missed it, this is pretty much a wrap up of that conversation. Which is why it's very important to know what's going on with yourself and Mm -hmm. to be able to know like if you're feeling irritated or irritable or short or you just don't have a lot to give your partners or anybody in your family Mm because it can be anybody you don't want to talk on the phone, whatever it may be. Essentially throughout our conversation last week, Casey and I were talking about really just identifying those emotions. So we broke it down into three steps, like we always do, right? And you need to be able to identify your emotions, face those emotions, and then take action to fix or modify or enhance whatever it is you're feeling. But the very first step of that is to being able to name those emotions. Super interesting. Along the way last week, I actually saw um, someone talking about how some people have an entire bag of markers to work with, right? So think about, let's say, the 16-pack of Crayola. And all of those different markers can represent an emotion. But some people only work with, like, three colors. So it's really hard for them to identify their emotions because they don't have the language and they don't have the understanding of themselves to be able to do that. So as Beyond Ordinary People, we want to try to work with a full set of markers, right? So we don't want to limit our words that express ourselves to angry, happy, sad. That's how kindergartners talk. We want to use more descriptive words, like literally find yourself a feelings chart, and memorize it, and understand the little nuances of each emotion. And why that matters goes right into today's conversation. Because today we're talking about how our emotions actually affect other people. I'm going to continue playing Casey and I's conversation from last week, and I'm going to chime in here and there. Unfortunately, she's working a double, so she can't be live with us right now. But we have great content for you, and I'm excited for you to hear it. First up, how do those emotions affect other people? Okay, so let's say that someone, probably me, does lash out because they haven't identified their emotions, and they were trying to talk to you, and they were trying to express themselves... But in that process, they hurt their feelings. I'm very bad at this. This is my moment where I'm admitting it to you and to the world. (laughs) I am really terrible at when you come to me with heavy emotions. I I don't lash out on you, but like I take ownership of them Mm -hmm. and I feel like, oh, this is my fault. I'm not assigning it to you at all. Yeah, I feel assigned to it. And instead of reacting to what you're feeling in that moment... I make it about me and I'm like, well, this is hurting my feeling. I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to do it again. I (laughs) probably like tomorrow. So, but whenever someone is giving their emotions to you, what's the correct way to react to that? Even if, even if that person is hurting you in the process. Well, first ask yourself, why are they hurting your feelings if they are not blatantly saying something to hurt your feelings? Right, because it's but probably about you. I, I just, <clears throat> I, it, answering that exact question is kind of difficult, but I will say, I think 
you run into issues when, you know, people run into issues in conversation or mm-hmm. in discussions when they are assigning, you know, their own emotions and how they process things, how they experience the world, how they process their emotions to the other person. Mm-hmm. So when I'm expressing something and the way that it's coming from me, if you're sitting there assuming, well, if if me, Jasmine, if I was saying this to somebody, this is what I'd be meaning. Yeah. I would be, you know, actually, I'm not, yeah, I'm kind of insulting that person or giving them critique in a mm-hmm. negative way. Um, and it's just, you kind of run into issues when you don't recognize that everybody experiences and goes through the world differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, if somebody is sitting there pulling you to the side to express something to you that is, you know, whether it be a frustration or something that they want to work on. I think that's something that we run into. I come to you because I want to work on something as a couple and that's how Mm -hmm. my, I'm, I'm thinking of it. And, and it feels to me like a, like a negative criticism. Like you have a shortcoming Mm -hmm. and you're not living up to some expectation that I, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, (laughs) I mean, I, I think just... If you can just very simply listen yeah. and, and people just listen and take, it's it's hard sometimes because I, I can do this too, but like take people at their word. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have questions about what they're saying or you, you know, you think, well, hey, this one little tidbit hurt my feelings a little bit, ask them more questions about what they're saying and just understand that every, you know, the way that people are and the way that we process things, the way that we express things is all very different. So right there, I'm hearing from Casey that it's really important that not only do we understand how to identify our own emotions, but when people come to us, whether they just want to make conversation, they want to talk to us and build with us about something, it's also important for us to keep our emotions in check when we're being receptive as well. There are some unhealthy experiences out there that you are going to go through in life, and you might not be talking with somebody who you can have like a good conversation with. But, you know, I think that just a good rule of thumb is to remember that people process things differently. You know, if they're coming to you, they want to work on something, just take it for what it is. If you are feeling a type of way, like how you feel, like you're assigning blame to yourself and, well, you need to fix everything, those are things to explore, like, on your own. If you're recognizing that you're that type of, you know, you're somebody who tends to assign blame to yourself and you're realizing, you know, I'm assigning blame to myself in, in a lot of situations, and uh, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that you need to explore, whether that be talking to somebody, you know, a professional or somebody that you know, or just by yourself. I think you have to get to the root of those problems, mm-hmm. because if you don't, I mean, you're kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to get out of that habit. Because there's a reason why we self-blame. I mean, yeah, you know. definitely. We don't want our self-esteem to get in the way of our empathy. An important part here is really recognizing that there's probably a pattern that you could be exhibiting and being able to fix that pattern so that you can continue to have healthy, productive conversations. Of course, it's not that simple, though. But I mean, it's not you... that basic. Uh, there's probably a reason <laughs> why when someone is telling us something why we're processing it in a way that well, we're taking offense. There's a reason. And, right. and it's probably something deep-seated. I'm not sure you need to go to therapy. Um, and not. And I'm not trying to be insulting. It, therapy is great, you know, when you need it. It's hard to find a good therapist sometimes, but they do exist. Um, or you can try to do it on your own, but just ask yourself, you know, why, am I, why, why do I think that, you know, this is happening when it's not? Definitely. Um, yeah, perceiving the wrong way, you definitely want to fix that with communication. But, I mean, it happens... In other situations too, right? Like if I'm walking down the street and someone shoulder checks me, 
I don't need to assume like they want to fight or I don't want to assume that oh, yeah. like, they had aggression with me. I don't, I don't know what just happened in their life. And especially as a teacher where I'm dealing with over 200 people, staff and kids, emotions every day, I can't just assume that everyone's walking in in a good mood and happy and okay and at their best. So it's also important to understand that like you got to give people grace with their emotions and don't assume bad intentions. Most people don't live their life trying to hurt you. Right. Because, you know, you have a lot. And I see it all the time. I mean, I see it in my patients and I have a lot of them in a very small Area. I mean, we have 44 (laughs) patients on this particular unit. So that's a very high number for anybody that's in mental health. I mean, you don't typically see a psychiatric unit with 44 patients. That's a high number for a classroom. It's a lot of people, you know, and this is why fights happen. It's why, you know, people are assuming someone is being a type of way when nobody is out there to actually attack you. So Definitely. Okay, so we have, for yourself, you need to... Face the problem, identify the problem, and I said that in the wrong order. There's no order. Okay. That's true. <laughs> All right, so for yourself, you got to face the problem, identify the problem, fix the problem. In this case, the problem is going to be whatever emotions we're feeling that aren't suitable to the situation. So we have to figure out ways to communicate those, but also to a lot of other people to communicate that with us. That's going to help build up our emotional intelligence. So let's say we have... We have figured out whatever's going on, and now we want to fix it. We do want to face it. What can we do to make ourselves feel good? That's up to you. That's a great point, right? Like, everyone's different. Mm -hmm. Nice. I mean, like, basic suggestions, you know, things that feel good, boost us up, help our brain. Um, I'm going to, you know, say exercise because it's so good for you. Um, I personally, I've never really been too sad after drinking a milkshake. Something about strawberry milkshakes makes everything better. Um, you know, I might I might play basketball because that's what I what I love to do. I might cuddle the puppies. I might that you you're know. It's so much work, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that there. Yes, I mean, exercise is is technically great for everyone. I mean, it does release endorphins and all that. We know. Mm. Um, sometimes you just need simple things. Like right now, it would make me feel happy to have a fuzzy blanket mm. and make tea and watch TV, you know, like, or go get a pedicure or practice some, practice some self-love or spend unnecessary money on Amazon, even if it's for something under $10. I mean, it's, you know, oh. there's retail therapy. It, it's a dangerous thing, but sometimes it does work. I mean, there are, there's validity to everything, you know, so whatever makes you feel happy is okay. And that takes a little bit of self-awareness, mental awareness, emotional awareness to actually know what you need in what situations too because there is no one right answer. Sometimes you don't need to be alone. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you need to touch grass. Sometimes you need to be around your friends and you got to kind of figure yourself out and that's part of just really like growing up and figuring out how to be beyond Well, I said before, you know, every morning I, that is how I, I start my days. I evaluate how I'm doing. I, I usually give you a synopsis on a daily basis of how I went that, you know, how it went that day or how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, the more that you practice, like asking yourself how, asking, you know, checking in with yourself and asking yourself how you're doing, the, you know, the better able you are to recognize before it gets out of hand when you need those little moments to do something for yourself and you know the more the better the more things that you learn that help you make you know feel better and things Mm -hmm. that make you feel good so that 
you can, you know, bring up your mood, whether, you know, you're down for no reason or if there's stuff going on, but you know things that bring happiness to you. So it just takes practice. Definitely. And I think it's really important that you as a listener practice with us right now, right? Like, how are you feeling today? Are you okay? Are you stressed? Are you struggling? Are you worried? Are you joyful? Are you looking forward to something? Definitely, as you're listening, also be checking in with you because these are skills that we actually have to build. They're not just built into us. They don't just sadly just so easily come naturally. These are things that we have to work on. So whenever you have a moment to practice that mindfulness and check in on yourself, make sure you take those moments. How are you feeling? All right. So... (laughs) I mean, as we're talking about recognizing our emotions, recognizing the uh, emotions of other people too, it's really important to understand that, you know, a lot of times we just want to be happy. And I don't know if anyone out there has seen the movie Inside Out, but the premise of Inside Out is there's this, this little, you know, preteen girl and she has these like brain not a monster, but like brain people who work inside of her. You know, she has anger inside of her. She has fear inside of her. She has happiness inside her. And then she has joy inside of her. Uh, nope, joy and happiness are the same person. Who's the other one? Fear, anger? Is... I don't even I remember the movie, but I don't remember the oh, movie. Oh, we got a... Inside Out's a great movie. Maybe that's your part too. Shout out to Inside Out. <laughs> Just watch the movie with the crowd. Go watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but in Inside Out, they have these memory bubbles. And the memory bubbles are coded with the color of whatever it is, right? So if it's a red bubble, it's angry. If it's a blue bubble, it's sadness. Sadness, that's what mm. it was. If it's um, uh, the other, like there's a fear bubble, there's a sadness bubble, there's an anger bubble, and then there's the joy bubble. And the joy lady, she wants to take over the brain and she wants to make all of these emotions joyous because that's kind of what you feel like when you're seven and you don't have trauma. But then as you age... Um, And what particularly was happening with this kid's life is she was moving, which is very stressful. So she was feeling sadness for the first time. And then by trying to like haywire or like hardwire incorrectly her emotions, she like they ended up making all of the emotions sad and the kid became depressed. And they kind of were fighting for control over her brain and for a moment to really be like, All of these emotions are valid and all of these are okay. Enjoy. You can't be there 100% of the time. And because you're not there 100% of the time, that makes it even better when you're here. And it's, I mean, there's other silly quotes like, you know, you you can't have the rainbow without the rain. How do you remember so many details? Of a movie? I liked that movie. I've seen it many times. (laughs) (laughs) But, But my point in referencing Inside Out is, as we're talking about this emotional health, like don't, you don't have to always feel joy. You don't have to always feel happiness. Yes. Those are wonderful emotions to live in, but I mean, this is like, life is a marathon. It would be crazy to feel the exact same way throughout the marathon. There's going to be highs and lows and we're going to feel that with our emotions too. And it's really important to understand that it's okay to take time feeling whatever emotion it is because your emotions are guiding you. Your emotions are your conscience, your emotions are helping you figure things out. And if you don't pay attention to them, like I often do, and they bottle up, you're, you're going to explode and you don't, you don't want that. On that same note, it's important to understand that your emotions are valid and they matter. 
Just like when other people come to you with their emotions, they're also valid and they matter, no matter how you feel about them. One of the very thing, you know, very important things to keep in mind, and I, I try to explain this to people who I feel like struggle with it a little bit at work. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in their school, one thing I remember is that when they taught us about pain, phys- if I'm talking physical pain, yeah, um, whatever the patient says, their level of pain is is what the level of pain that you talking about the the it? zero to ten scale that yes. has the smiley faces, uh-huh. which is like, what the heck does that mean? What does eight mean? What does Whatever you think it means. Yeah. Okay? You know, and whatever the patient says it is, whether it be because they stubbed their toe or they broke their leg, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever level they give you, that's the level of pain that they're in. Yeah. Um, and you just take it for what it is. And I think, you know, pe- people struggle to apply that same concept to emotions mm-hmm. and just realizing that every emotion is valid. And... It can be frustrating sometimes when somebody is expressing something in a very either loud or if, you know, I don't want to call it dramatic, but, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way that you feel is dramatic. Yeah, you Um, don't don't agree with their level of emotion about the topic. about Uh the topic. But for them, it's very real. And whatever the, you know, they're expressing, whatever they're saying is very real to them. And that is how they are feeling. And it is very, very important to, you know... A lot, you know, let people know that every feeling that is that they're feeling is valid because the worst thing that you can do for somebody who is having strong emotions about something is make them completely invalid. Like, oh, you know, everybody goes through this, or yeah. um, you know, everybody feels anxious. Which is crazy because you know, whenever you're thinking of like, I'm gonna be empathetic, that's kind of what people lead with is. Oh, I've been through that situation before, so clearly I can say, oh, yeah, that's what everyone feels. And no one actually feels better when you say that. No. No, that's very much so minimizing somebody's feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I do that, you know, and I, and I try, you know, I have seen, you know, when I have newer nurses or people who are new working in mental health, and, and mental, working in mental health, especially in the type of facility I work in, is not, it really is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And some people realize that very quickly, but, you know, the worst thing, and I've, and I've seen people do it when somebody is expressing these types of emotions, is like, oh, it's okay, just, you know, you'll be fine, here's, you know, here's a stress ball, yeah. you'll be okay, or yeah. here's this medicine, you'll be fine. Um, when people come up to me, and whether they're complaining about something outside of the the hospital or about something that actually happened in the hospital like they yeah. didn't like their lunch yeah uh the first you know i respond with that is horrible i tell my kids whenever they complain about their weirdo teenage problems i'm like that does suck yeah oh my god that's going on in your life right now wild and, you know i do and i feel it for them because there's times where i'm yeah. complaining about something that might be silly but like mm-hmm. i am i am frustrated about it in that moment <laughs> and i want to say it you know right? i don't want anyone to tell me no yeah or, like, I'll be fine. That's the last thing you want to hear, you know. But I, I do notice that people, when I, you know, react that way to people, I know that it's not a common practice because of the way that people react when you do that. Definitely. They stop and, and are like, wait, what? Yeah, you're, like, you're, yeah. you're, oh, you're okay. validating their emotions, which <laughs> is super powerful. But, I mean, what you what really stood out is that, like, yes, there is no pain scale for feelings. Like, sometimes me and my other broken friends will get into like the trauma olympics of like well i went through this but like pain is pain like suck is suck and you can't i mean it's like when people make the comparisons between the holocaust and slavery it's like no 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 no. you you don't need to put these two groups of people against each other 
both of these situations are very bad, and there is not a worse. There's just not a need to have a. There is not a need to have a conversation of the yeah. di- like the differences between the two. Like those are two. They really. I mean, you really <laughs> don't need to put those two together. It happens all the time. You, you would be surprised, and it's like, what's why would we why would we compare these two things right now, right? Is that is that something we want to? Con- okay, the I didn't even no. know that. You the just... answer is no, we don't. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, definitely, and by saying, yeah, that sounds hard, and recognizing what they're feeling. You're validating their emotions, um, and it's also kind of giving them the the honor of saying like what you're feeling is real, and allowing them to figure out like okay cool if I'm really feeling this, this is real, I can I've identified this now I have to face it, and I mean that's what's really hard about emotions like you can feel them but facing them is a whole different beast. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of times it's something that you have to do. When I say independently, I, I just mean without somebody that you have a personal relationship with mm-hmm. in life. And I mean, like, either on your own completely or with a therapist to kind of guide you. You know, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's something that we kind of have to face on our own. You just have to choose to do so. I mean, if you're not facing it on your own, like, what I worry about, especially if someone has a person in their life who they're depending on who's either manipulative or narcissistic and you start going to them for your emotional steadiness like that can get very dangerous very fast i don't i I mean i don't think i guess i I never i haven't even thought about that i guess there's certain you know either patients or if i were to think about myself like you know that i've come across i can't imagine going to somebody else like Mm -hmm. in my life about my about certain things without actually already having processed, you know, to the level that I have at this point in my life. Like, I know how my brain works to a degree. I know, I pretty much know when people are being manipulative. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I know what's real for me and I, I never waver. No one's going to, no one's going to change my mind about the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. And that's because you have such a high level of emotional intelligence. Which took a lot of work. Yes. We're not going to say that that was easy. No, I mean, it's really important, (laughs) right? If you're listening, you have to do the work. Like, that's part of being beyond ordinary. It's part of building up this this health dimension for this emotional health is you have to do the work and figure out what you need to be okay. And you got to, at some point, like, figure... And not figure, but realize, like, I can't depend on other people for my happiness. Mm-hmm. And, like, with that, it's also important to understand that when you are struggling, when you are suffering, that you can't allow other people to depend on you either. Right. Um, it's definitely the, the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. Like, if you're drained and you don't have anything to give, like, that has to be okay. And a lot of people, like, I'm one of those people. Uh, will feel guilty about that yeah or they will be mad at themselves for having very real emotions that are affecting them physically or mentally emotionally of course yeah and that's scary yeah no you have to there there are certain instances in life in which the selfish is a terrible word but i wish it wasn't associated with so many negative things yeah because sometimes you have to be selfish and meaning like you have to make sure that you have what you need Even if it's the bare minimum of what you need, you know, sometimes to be able to help people. Even if I'm at at this point, at this this age, at this much, at this, I guess, practice of knowing myself, 
I can tolerate someone else's problems when I am also having problems. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I can do a bunch of you know outlandish things to you know make them fit? No. Yeah. But I, I can be there and I can listen. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and sometimes it's a good distraction if you're thinking about, if I'm thinking about something negative or if I'm going through something, it's helpful to step out of my own brain and be able to listen to people, but you have to be able to do it. And, and if you can't in that moment and that's okay. Yeah. And it's also really, especially if you're someone who traditionally has been someone that people are able to talk to, and then you start going through your own things. Once again, just like communicating the other emotions communicate that too like if you need some space if you need some time if you're busy if you're scared if you're nervous if like whatever it is make sure that the other people have proper expectations for you in that moment if what you normally deliver isn't gonna start happening i'm just i i'm I'm still stuck on that thought of like you know how it is like when you say i'm People are relying on somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, to make them feel better. Yeah. That's not a good thing. No, right? that's, a, that's, a, coping, <laughs> you that's know? a coping mechanism. And it's what you, you can, you know, go to people for support and people are there for support, mm-hmm. but you, you have to be able to also go, do these things on your own. Like there's a, there's a minimum level of, you know, how to manage your, you know, your own coping skills yeah. and, and doing things for yourself to, to get you wherever you need to be. Or give yourself support, you know, and you can go to people for support, but nobody's going to fix anybody else's problems. Th- mm-hmm. That's an unhealthy situation. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a terrible coping mechanism. Um, in teaching, we have scaffolding. Do you guys work with scaffolding? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you know anything about construction, you also understand scaffolding. But the idea of it is like the teacher is the expert of whatever the subject is. And the students are trying to get to a level of performance but they are not there and they're not ready yet. So the teacher is there to assist and like help them and support them along the way, which friends can do, partners can do, your dog can do. Um, However, the teacher doesn't do the work for them. And so as you are maybe reaching out to others for support, it's important to understand that like you still have to do the work yourself. And that's a great stopping point. You have to do the work yourself. That's the whole point of being beyond ordinary. Ordinary people don't do the work, but we do. So understand that you don't experience your emotions alone and no one else does. You're gonna need to go to other people with your emotions, just like they're gonna come to you and you gotta figure that out. We wanna assume good intentions and we wanna figure out ways to work with others. And definitely, if you figure out that you have a pattern that you wanna fix, do the work, go fix it. Next time, we're going to wrap this whole conversation up. We're going to talk about facing our problems a little bit more. We're also going to get into just all of the other nuances of how spectacular emotions are and how they really do control our lives. As always, it's been an honor. Remember, don't settle for ordinary. You're beyond that. See you next Tuesday. The Beyond Ordinary Show podcast is brought to you by Ellie Nelly and hosted by Jasmine Patterson. To get in touch with your host, email jasmine at beyondordinary at ellienelly.com. To support our sponsor, Ellie Nelly, visit ellienelly.com. Ellie Nelly creates comfortable clothes and unique gifts for Beyond Ordinary people. You can support the Beyond Ordinary Show and grab some dope Ellie Nelly gear at www.elienelly.com. That's E L I. 
B-E-Y-O-N-D-B-E-Y-O-N-D-B-E-L-L-Y dot com. Use the code BEYONDORDINARY, one word, all lowercase, to save 10% on your first purchase. Now that's the end of the show. Go out and be beyond ordinary. Remember, love you. See you next Tuesday.